You're listening to Limitless Leaders Podcast. Accelerate your mindset, collaboration and performance by developing limitless self-leadership, leaders, teams and organizations. Now, over to your host, Renee Jerusso. Hi all and welcome to the Limitless Leaders Podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. And if you frequently listen to us, welcome back. And thanks for all your feedback of late and for reaching out to us and requesting some of the guests that we've recently had on the show. With 2021 now behind us and 2022 in play, I am super excited for our guest today because she is all about health, well-being, preventative medicine and energy. So I'd like to welcome our guest today, Susan Hunter. Thanks for having me, Renee. Pleasure. So Susan is a health expert and a clinical naturopath that's passionate about helping people use their blood tests, DNA and lifestyle habits and use those to live longer, healthier and a more energised life. She does this by analysing each individual's biochemistry, genetics and lifestyle habits and creates an ultra-personalised healthcare plan that is clear, simple and targeted. By helping you get healthy in an achievable way, Susan helps you save time, money and energy. And I I can vouch for that personally. She provides you with evidence-based tools to empower you to live a long and healthy life. She's the founder and director of Radius Health, Melbourne's premier wellness medicine clinic. So for those of our global listeners, that's in Melbourne, um, Victoria, Australia. She's a double degree qualified naturopath with 15 years of clinical experience and has a background in psychology and has helped thousands of people by bringing science, structure and care to her work with them to help them achieve transformative results. So welcome, Susan. What a what a repertoire of amazing qualifications and experience there. Yeah, it's um, it's been a long time in the making, but it's something I really love to do. So um, the passion's there and I'm really excited to have launched the clinic because it's my, my ultimate, you know, perfect, how would I want um, a wellness space to be? So we've got all sorts of things happening beyond just the consultancy part of the, the business. Which is amazing. And, and look, it's so needed. You know, the last few years have been tough all over the world. Both of us being Melburnians know it's been ultra tough here. And I think a lot of people have really noticed a depletion in energy dealing with so much change and uncertainty. So energy, and you know, I'm, I'm a highly energetic person and I love what's behind energy, but would you agree that you know, the psychological shift and the change we've had to make the last few years has impacted that? Oh, absolutely. I think um, Melburnians, being the most locked down globally, can um, be very much the, the example of what happens when we kind of move into a Groundhog Day existence and live with the the mental load of uncertainty and it really has taken its toll and I've done a lot of work with clients one-on-one over the last couple of years of just working on balancing their neurotransmitters, really working on helping them still be able to maintain productivity and performance in really adverse situations that they found themselves in. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, um, a lot a lot of our listeners, Susan, are business owners and leaders. And I, I know I've been seeing, especially late last year, you know, a lot of leaders are putting so much attention out being in service for their teams that they're fatigued themselves. And I think yeah. the other week I had three out of five leaders doing their big word for the year and the word was fatigue. Yeah, I think everyone crawled to the finish line last year and it was definitely, I think it was a necessity. I'm a really big believer in rest and recovery and I love the the example of LeBron James, the NBA basketball player who really puts so much time and energy into his rest and recovery and we just didn't get that. And um, that's what getting to the break was all about and I think people just needed to be able to kind of recharge um, because a lot of people were feeling very broken. Definitely, definitely. And I and I think too, like I said, going into go almost going into service in overdrive, mm. trying to keep everybody connected. And you know, I, I I I felt it even with clients, just so much attention out. We talk about limitless leadership, Susan, which is all about limitless leaders. There's no final destination. They learn, so they think. They unlearn, so they rethink. And they relearn, so they refresh. What what tips would you have for people out there right now to maintain good energy? Yeah, I think a lot of people don't really take a deep dive into basic lifestyle and daily routines and, and how they can actually manipulate what I call your foundations of, of well-being. So it's the stuff that we know we should do, but we don't know why we're meant to be doing it. It's things like sleep. It's things like exercise. It's it's what you put in your body nutrition-wise. We all know what we should be doing, um, but we don't really see the benefits of doing it until we start to put it into play. And I think there are three things that I reckon everyone could be doing right now that doesn't cost them anything and implement and see the benefits of. And um, the very first thing is making sure that at every mealtime you are eating some, some form of protein. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit trickier when you're just on a plant-based diet, like your vegans and vegetarians, but it's still very doable. But when we make sure that we're having eggs at breakfast or a paleo granola that's nuts and seeds or with some yogurt or whether we're having protein powder in a smoothie at breakfast and then, you know, meat, chicken or fish with some vegetables, you might want to add in legumes and grains, that's when we actually are anchoring our blood sugars and mm-hmm. sustaining our energy levels for longer. We're not getting yes. these kind of energetic roller coaster rides where we're up and then we're down and we're up and we're down. Protein satiates us, keeps us more energized, more stable mood wise mm. um, for longer. So we never really crash across our day. Keeps it up, and you're saying it like at breakfast because I know I know people think protein shakes, but a lot of people, including me, before I did some work with you, protein always just comes into my head for dinner, mm. for breakfast, right? So it's a bit of a mindset shift and building some habits around that to kickstart your day the best way yeah. you can 
with yeah. you know, an egg or Greek yogurt or, or all of those things. Yeah, you've got to skip the toast and cereal. Like I'm on a real soapbox when it comes to cereal just yeah. not being a breakfast food. Um, it's 50, All of those packets are 50% sugar. Yeah. So when we start to stabilise our blood sugars, we stabilise our energy and then what we can do beyond there to really enhance performance and energy in the mornings is be really strategic about how we use our caffeine. So we don't really want to be having a coffee the first thing in the morning like a lot of people do, as delicious as a coffee is, and I love my coffee and I hate ever taking it away from people. But really, <laughs> it's so important to harness the stimulating effect of coffee that improves our cognitive function, that helps us make better decisions, do deep and focused work. Yeah. But we want to make sure that we sort of are trying to do it a good two, two and a half hours after we've woken up because our cortisol awakening response is really peaking at about an hour to an hour and a half after we rise and we want to harness that and utilise that and then use the coffee a little bit later and it just means that we can have a longer stretch of solid Mm. um, energy and uh, cognitive function across our morning. Yeah, and I I can actually vouch for that one as hard hard or unfamiliar, I should say, as it has been for me. Mm. I, coffee for me, to my listeners know, it's a hug in a mug. I love the ritual. I think it's our backgrounds as well. Yeah. You know, it has some sort of influence. But um, I've been having my coffee later, which is really hard because I've always had it as I get up. Mm. Um, and I am noticing, oh, I don't know what the word is, a more consistent, I'm quite high energy all the time, but it's more consistent. Yeah. I don't get that three o'clock, oh, I need something anymore as much. And the other thing that's really cool is you can kind of add things into your coffee that are going to give you a bit more of a performance and energy mm. boost as well, like um, lion's mane is a really amazing medicinal mushroom that is called a nootropic. So really helping working on, again, energy performance, our cognitive function and uh, things like that and chugga, you get and get those four sigmatic coffees now that it just are a bit more of a performance enhancer so there are ways to kind of um yeah yeah so we've got the protein which we can all access we've got the caffeine the timing and when to have that and how we can add additional like benefits to our coffee when we have it what else what else was a I, I really think um, committing to and being really particular about being in bed by 10 p.m. is a really good habit to kind of get into, even if it's four nights a week and not seven nights, okay. uh, purely because the best quality sleep you're going to have for the night happens in the sleep that you get before midnight. Yes. And we know that your REM sleep, which is your um, dream sleep, definitely has a role to play in energy, but so does your non-REM sleep. That's yeah. when we get our deep sleep. So yeah. that's so important for restoration, recharging, and helping us actually make energy at a cellular mm-hmm. level. But also this REM sleep we're finding, you know, a lot of people were engaging in more REM sleep during the pandemic because okay. we found that it's a, an emotional first aid therapy that our brain does while we wow. sleep. Wow. Really, That's really amazing. cool. Yeah. yeah. 
So even if you don't see a therapist, your body kind of has this inbuilt mechanism. We're amazing creatures and I agree with that. My nonna used to always say it's the hours before midnight are worth double the hours after. So yeah. some great tips there, the protein, the caffeine, wait the two and a half hours after waking up and also getting, you know, three to four nights go to bed before 10. So there's some great things because I think at the moment energy is obtainable but you've got to make it sustainable. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you put in place those foundations of health things and you're still drawing a block, like you're still waking up tired, staying tired, struggling Mm. around motivation, feeling feeling irritable and short-fused or even having trouble around your sleep, which is a huge driver of why people are tired, like Mm 7.4 million Australians don't sleep enough. Then you want to explore your biochemistry. Then you want to have a look at doing some thorough testing and working out what are the biochemical or hormonal drivers that are blocking my ability to be consistently energised on a daily basis. Yeah, definitely. And it's getting to know what I love about the work you do and highly recommend what you do, definitely you're a leader in your space, is it's, it's not just a guess and test. There's science behind it backed with intuition Yeah. Um, and just getting, you know, your body, like some of the things, Susan, you brought up about my health, they weren't surprising if that makes sense, but there was science behind it which created a compelling reason to make some changes. Yeah, absolutely. So I love genetically profiling clients to have a look at where your genetic predispositions for chronic disease down the track lie so we can work preventatively and proactively today. Like I love having those data points and then looking at your current state of play with your body by doing blood testing, stool testing, urine testing to capture exactly Mm -hmm. where you are and then be able to know what we're aiming for to get you back to balance. So we do testing, we treat what we see, people just feel better, you know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, they're, they're great tips and I the thing I love about them is uh, they, they're simple, not always easy to implement, but I think if you're wise, I always say, if you're why to change, exceed your why to stay the same, anything's possible. Yeah. I'd love to, like, just for the audience to understand a little bit more about you, you know, um, and I, I'd love to hear sort of how have you got to where you are today because... We, Susan, always talk about you're obviously a leader in your field, a leader in your business, you lead a team of practitioners, but we're all leaders of self and it has to start somewhere. So how have you become you and how are you continually becoming the next version of you? What's your story? I think for me it really starts with my parents um, who were, you know, migrants to Australia in the 70s. I had a dad who was you know, very committed to coming out to live here Mm. from the Middle East um, to provide us with opportunities for a really good life. And um, I really grew up with that front of mind, just knowing that I wanted to have a, a good, successful life. And I sort of, you know, wanted, I also watched my parents own their own businesses over the years like that's all my dad ever really did was own his own businesses and it it sort of inspired me 
to want to run my own business mm-hmm. and I was always interested in psychology. That was my undergraduate degree and I did a health sociology major and I was just very interested in human behaviour and people yeah. and I'm a very caring person by nature and so it always made sense that in some ways I'd be in service to help people. And so I went on to do my health science degree because I really loved the idea, the philosophy around natural medicine where we want to work with the body, not against it. We want to work on identifying the why, like the underlying causes of why we get unwell and address those rather than a Band-Aid approach. And I love the toolkit that I have to help people achieve their health goals and so yeah I just love being a a business owner I kind of you know much to the the beat of my own drum but get to bring to life lots of new ideas I have in my business as well amazing isn't it we get to do what we love it's a lot of for those out there that have businesses and practices they know it's a lot of hard work a lot that's under the surface that nobody sees but I think when you've really got a vision and a purpose and a mission, as I know you have and I have, I think when you go through those challenging times, that fuels you forward. Yeah. And it's a big thing to think about if you're listening now. If you're feeling a bit off track, go back to why you do what you do because maybe that's changed, right? And I I think that's been a big shake-up that's happening across, as you would know, organisations globally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Love that. Yeah. yeah. So what does leadership mean to you? Because it's it's a real, for me, it's like a movie title. You know, when people go, Renee, what do you do? And I say we do a lot around communication, mindset, neuroscience and leadership. They go, oh, leadership. And there's so much under it. And I think it's it's in the eye of the beholder, the definition. What does it mean for you? Yeah, it's a good question. Leadership to me means taking people on a journey Mm. toward the best possible outcome, you know, depending on what what the project is or what we're trying to achieve. And the important thing is that while we're on that journey that everyone's growing and learning um, and I sort of sort of do this with my children and my staff. So as a parent, I kind of see myself <laughs> as the CEO of the family yeah. and just identify, you know, my kids or my staff's strengths, run with those, coach them around the areas where I can see they can improve. It might be a confidence deficit where I just want to yeah. really help them build that and just really try and be that motivating force. And I kind of bring a lot of that positivity mm. and that vibe into my business and with my clients. And I just want want them to grow while my business grows or while my family grows as a unit yeah beautiful and it's all aligned you know and and a question I've got for you you know you've gone from almost being a sole practitioner to you know um in 2021 setting up your practitioner you know having other practitioners in there What's been the biggest change going from really leading yourself to suddenly leading a team? What's been your biggest learning? Um, I just had to really develop an awareness around tuning into the needs of each of my staff members and being very 
receptive and responsive to to things as I saw them. Like if there were challenges arising, I just found I had to, through my my work with you, Renee, it was really great mm. to kind of unpack and be, become more aware of the need to be assertive and just less tolerant and that's really taught me how to be able to have difficult conversations at times in a really compassionate way it's also taught me how to really know what i stand for and to vocalize that it's been it's just meant that I've got to kind of think beyond myself and be really yeah. aware of the people around me. And I hadn't had to do that much before, but I'm really enjoying it because I just love yeah. connecting with other people. I think you're ready people. for it as well. I think everything we go for, go through sorry, gets us to where we need to be. And for those of you listening, you might, might have been a leader of a team for a while. You might be an emerging leader and it's actually not that much different than when you have a solo business and then have a team because you're going from leading self and decisions to doing that and also leading others, right? So yeah, it, it is. It's And you've got to love it. I, I think, um, Susan, we've talked about what motivates you, what lights you up. And I think there are a lot of leaders and, you know, some of you might be listening and going, I'm really good with people. I'm a good leader, but I don't enjoy it. And for me, I think leadership is something that is so transparent you know it's a choice and there has to be a an energy that you know comes from from your heart not just your head you know yeah, as, absolutely. Well, as as well so in any business and in life you know I'm a big believer in the gift mindset as you know Susan so you know being open to unwrap the gifts in any situation good or bad so I just really believe there's a lesson in everything. And I, I don't think things happen for a reason. I think they happen for a lesson. And I, I think back, you know, pandemic and we've gone through it together. And I th- at times I was like, where's the gift? But it would emerge. It was, you know, deeper relationships with different people. It was reassessing purpose. It was, you know, just different things. So I would love, love, love to ask you what's been, if you look back on 2020, even 2021, what's been the biggest gift that you've unwrapped and what did you learn? What sort of gift was it? I think what you just touched on around this, the pandemic and the gift that that presented was rethinking your purpose and that's how Radius Health was kind of born, was just a lot of walking the dog in nature, a lot of thinking time, a lot of um, learning time, like just listening to long form, amazing podcasts, a lot of personal development time to land on what's my next thing and what really lights me up and what does that look like? That was kind of that pandemic gift i guess but the now that we've launched and we're sort of in startup land you know last year was tough because the day we were meant to open our doors the the sixth lockdown was announced and and it was supposed to be a snap one and we thought well we can ride a week or two and then it turned into 11 weeks and so all of my plans around launching and kind of bringing Radius to our local community and wider, you know, global community, I guess, online, that all kind of went out the window and we had to really 
I guess the the gift has been patience because I've had to really be patient with the process of just being able to get the word out there about who we are. And um, I think also just having to adjust, like, you know, we went within 72 hours, we created an online store and we went from an in-person launch to a virtual launch. And so we yeah. just had to kind of be, is, I don't know if the word agile, but able to kind of move with the times and the times were changing hour by hour at, at oh, times. I remember. And it was being um, agile. I'm glad you didn't use the P word. <laughs> oh, the, yeah, I hate the P word too. I've even got to a point I say shift. And the other day I said, uh, shiv it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely gift of patience and I think connection also because you've had to be so connected to your purpose to be able to share that. I'd love to ask you a time when you or the team, this could be any time in your life, has failed at something or have made a mistake but it's led to innovation. Okay, good question. (laughs) Just what you want on a on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Look, I think the startup phase where we were kind of implementing new technology, different yeah. platforms, practice management software, we've had to like change our point of sale a couple of times, trying to get those and test those systems and processes that were going to work for a seamless customer journey and a really high level quality experience for our contracting practitioners. That's where we've had to like turn things around and make sure that they work well. So Yeah, that's been the biggest thing, I think, for us in terms of um, innovating, changing our systems, the way that business itself works, but also just with consulting, you know, if you're you're working with someone on their health and the treatment strategies aren't working that well, I've got to go back and just do more research and look, you know, it's a professional development thing around my knowledge base and making sure I can still come back with the latest health research around a condition or an area that we're treating adaptability which leads to innovation which i think adaptability innovation those two things equal collaboration yeah especially when you're doing those things with your team and different systems as well and i'm a bit like you i'm not systems are great once they're up but they're so we've just automated a whole customer journey for some public programs And it was a day of right, because I wanted to to come from me, a day of writing all the emails. But when it's up, it's great. Yeah. As well. So who's who's a leader, Susan, that I guess you admire and why? Who's someone that sort of stands out to you? I love Barack Obama. For me, just because of my Middle Eastern background and being a woman and just I don't know, having having a trajectory in life that was always going to be very different yeah. um, to, than what the expectations were for me culturally, like seeing someone of colour be yeah. the first, you know, black American president was incredible in and of itself, but he's just such a well-spoken, educated, oh, kind gosh, man. Yeah. Yeah. And he just had the best, his best interests of his people in mind and just his work he did around making healthcare accessible in America was very brave and just, I really admire. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I really, I really admire him as well. And in you know this in psychology, the mirror. They say people you admire usually have the traits you have within you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. on the flip side, people that you may not admire, I call them our Chris Kringle gifts or those difficult people. <laughs> sometimes we'll have qualities and traits that we actually have within us that we don't like about ourselves. It's quite confronting, but when you go back and come up against it and reflect on that, it's quite profound. What do you think makes up, you know, I guess a high performance team or business? If you had to, if it was a cake and you had to throw the ingredients in, what are they? The one thing I learned really quickly was, and this has also been through work I've done with you, which has been really enlightening, is that need for a team where we have different skill sets, where we complement one another. So like my business manager is amazing at processes and systems and I'm very much a big picture, big ideas person that needs someone else to kind of implement and get what I want (laughs) in the world out there. I like you. We're very similar. (laughs) Yeah. So that kind of, I love, I also think like in terms of staff to work within our business, there really does need to be that attention to detail, that critical thinking and that ability to take initiative because that is huge. Um, So they're my three big things I feel help us all perform really well. And, yeah, I just love working with people that are invested and present when they're here too. That's so important. And I love what you say about, I call it leveraging diversity. So when a lot of people hear diversity, they go straight to gender. That's part of it. But for me, and, you know, I know the work we've done, it's about understanding what energises you and going, you know what, Peter's energized by something different than me so get let him do that and leverage and lift a strength-based team it's so so good it gives you a leave pass to just work to your own strengths instead of like doing the drudgery the stuff that you just don't want to do but you'd be surprised and, and even people listening out there how many people will say to me no you just give people the things they don't like because it's good for their development needs, that old chestnut. Mm. You know, be smart about it. I always say if, if you've got someone, um, Susan, that's really good with detail and someone else that isn't, you might say, hey, Mary, the one who's good with detail, can you get this done? And Phoebe, can you help Mary with that? And yeah. then they'll naturally rise together and it's like it's, it's, it's at a peer level. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm finding by kind of delegating work based on people's strengths that it's, we've got such oh. a harmonious team where everybody is, I don't know, they're proud of the work they do, they yeah. enjoy doing it, um, they want more of it, they feel like I'm supporting them and they're mm. playing to their strengths. So everyone's a winner. And they're energised. And I and, and also it stops you recruiting as you grow. It will stop you recruiting, not that you would, the next yeah. you so to yeah. speak you want to recruit for people that have the skills that, that where there's gaps in the team I saw a really good quote the other day I'm just going to paraphrase it by Adam Grant the organization oh, yeah. psychologist and yes. he was saying if you're hiring all the time and firing all the time you've got to kind of take a look at whether you're part of the problem like why oh, yeah. why is that the case and I thought that was really interesting it's like it's yeah you're part of this and what role do you play 
I actually think leaders should be measured as a KPI on retention. Mm, yeah, that's really clever. Yes, I need to write something on this because I think, you know, it's easy for to let people go too hard basket. It's not yeah. always the leader, as you know, it's job fit and everything. But I think if you know you've got to keep people, retain them, grow them, help create future leaders, Mm. You know, it's the old saying, Susan, people do what's inspected, not expected, right? Yeah. And you know that. It's one of those things. So yeah. I wanted to ask you, you know, being being a limitless leader and, you know, continually learning, evolving, relearning, et cetera, we need energy. Mm. What do you do to focus? Because I know you go a million miles an hour as well. What do you What do you do to focus to keep yourself re-energized? Yeah, I look. I have kind of just come out in the last couple of years from a bit of parenting burnout. Yeah. So it was yeah. always a juggle having young children and running your own business, um, and it was really affecting my relationships with my family in a very negative way toward the end. So a lot had to give. Yeah. And I kind of went from being obsessive about productivity and having to completely rejig the way I did life, and it had a lot to do with stopping this cycle of constantly adrenalizing because often we yeah. run on adrenaline and it's a fake energy that helps us get our things to do lists ticked off but it's not a true reflection of our um, underlying yeah. energy reserve so I now am so good at taking the weekends off I do not work on weekends anymore it took a lot of unlearning yeah. That's um, a big one not working on the weekends especially when you have, what's helped you with that? Is it the cost of just being burnt out working seven days a week or? Uh, for me, oh, I don't know. It's taken time. It's been mm -hmm. something I have learnt to do over a couple of years. And I remember my husband used to say, quick, get a photo. It's a Kodak moment. Mum's sitting down. Like mum never sat down yeah. and read a book. Yeah. Um, it started with the AFL football, strangely enough. Um, okay. I, for the first time, maybe like three seasons ago, kind of would sit down and watch my team play and that would go for like two, three hours. Yeah. So yeah. that was the beginning of me like literally stopping and sitting and, do, and thinking about something other than work or what, the house needed to be run yeah. um and it sort of built from there and now i just completely take weekends off i think having a dog has helped um i think living really close to work and my my kids school so we walk everywhere and we drive less it's just been tweaked lifestyle lifestyle big time yeah i love it i love it and you you wear and it's important i think sometimes people forget we do a lot on habits we've got a habit wheel and one of the eight dimensions is surroundings yeah and they and it's something that you know i know this year for me we're looking at moving and some lifestyle changes to bring that balance in because i just can't get it where i am yeah, um, I think really tweaking your environment so it's conducive to rest and recovery and then having, you know, very productive workspaces where you kind yeah. of are in, you know, uh, what is it like a like a memory state, like that mind frame, like that mindset that you would be in to be in deep work mode and then to be in relax mode. And I think this working from home that we've all 
done and are kind of coming out the other side mm. off to some extent that really blurred the lines around that like your no kitchen table is your office you yeah. know it was it was hard for a lot of people and and it's you know it's it is part of the way we work and i think it's boundaries you know i say things like you're working at home not from home yeah um, but the big one is is setting up what we we wrote did some work on this last year bookend habits yeah what what starts your day what ends your day what's your circuit breaker and you you're so spot on and I think your surroundings I mean if you're near the beach and you love the beach you've got that why to get out or go for a walk with a friend if you don't have kids you know I, I know my husband and I both you know flat out business owners kids are a bit of a circuit breaker but if you don't have that you've got to have these these disciplines I think yeah yeah Absolutely. And like, I think another thing that keeps me really energized is a fantastic morning routine that just helps set me up for a good day ahead. So I feel like if you win the morning, you win the day. Um, What's your morning routine? Just briefly. Yeah, so I'm up at 10 to 6. I do a 6.15 gym class, so often that's resistance training. Um, And then that finishes at 7, and then I come home, I do school lunches, and then I go up to a big park that I walk my dog at, so she gets a big off-lead run for about 45 minutes. And then I sort of get back. I will have um, my electrolyte powder. I try to fast, so I really don't do food in the morning um, at the moment, but that fluctuates and changes depending on what my health goals are. And then um, I'm sort of trying to be in front of my computer by 8.30 or 9 o'clock at the latest. Um, And I I really do reserve the morning for a lot of my sort of deep focused work because that's my best time. Yeah. Yeah. Your energy, you know, the larks and owls, you know, do you get your energy in the morning or at night? And for people listening out there, there is a survey you can jump on and do. I sit right in the middle. Yeah, right. (laughs) Which probably doesn't surprise you. But Mm. my ideas tend to come late at night, but my deep work is is early in the morning. We could talk all day. I've got some quick (laughs) trivia for you. So what is your favourite word? Awareness. Beautiful. Why? Oh, it just helps you evolve as a human, like just pay attention to what's going on around you and you can only get better and you can only, yeah, just improve on how you do and be with everything. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. And it's a foundation of everything, you know, and self-leadership as well. Absolutely. What sound or noise do you love? Oh, the sound of my dog yawning. (laughs) So cute. She's really cute. Beautiful. I love her name, Star. That's so She's cute. so sweet. If you had one last meal, God forbid, but if you did, what would it be? Oh, mm, I love Italian food, so I think it would have to be the entire entree menu at Chicholina Restaurant in St Kilda. They have the best menu there. I love that oh, place. So good. And what profession, other than what you're doing now, would you like to attempt I reckon I'd love to help other new businesses start up and consult with them. That would be amazing. I I also, yeah, I'd love to be able to create a playbook for how other clinics can. Like a blueprint. Yeah, like set up for success and be very holistic and driven by personalised healthcare. That'd be amazing. Oh, I love it. Uh, You'll do that, I think. No pressure, but I think you'll (laughs) be on the track. 
down the track. Lifelong. Susan, thanks so much for your time today. Um, I'd love you just, have you just got one insight to re-energise for 222, which is a bit of our... Um, one of our one of our sort of marches in the business what would it be make yourself your main project love it sounds so simple doesn't it I love it absolutely love it so how can people find you Susan you and Radius Health yeah so you can just visit radiushealth.com.au um and you can you know book online appointments with our consultants there we also have a product section where you can check out our radius discovery packages if you want to dip your toe into learning about your genetics or your hormones or your digestion we've got a package for all the main things people struggle with and you can also visit my website which is susanhunter.com.au beautiful and we'll put we'll put all those details um susan in the show notes so thanks again for your time today some absolute gems there i think we don't have our health we really don't have anything so worth glean you know really taking some time to to put some of those things into practice as always thank you for listening to the to the show today wherever you are in the world. We've got quite a few programs coming up. Just jump on reneegeruso.com and go to our programs page in-house and also some public programs where you get to connect with leaders and business owners outside of your industry. Stay safe, stay, stay well. And as always, if you have any feedback or guests you'd like us to interview, just contact us at podcast at reneegeruso.com. You've been listening to Limitless Leaders Podcast, leading from the inside out to develop limitless self-leadership, leaders, teams, and organizations. To find out how you can accelerate your mindset, your communication, collaboration, and connection to become a limitless leader, sign up for our Limitless Leaders Podcast series at www.renegerusso.com forward slash podcast series. That's renegerusso.com forward slash podcast series. 